This episode is sponsored by Formation. It's no secret the job market is looking crazy right now, with layoffs left and right, a looming recession and hiring freezes. How do you get a job in the current tech market? That's where Formation comes in. Combining patented AI technology and live mentorship, Formation is a virtual fellowship helping early to mid-career software engineers who want to join top companies like Reddit, Airbnb, Square and more. Every fellowship is custom tailored to your specific skill sets, so you're working on the exact topics you need to improve to get you interview ready. Alongside the skills on paper, Formation also helps engineers gain the confidence needed to pass their interviews by providing personalized training, engineering mentorship and unlimited one-to-one mock interviews. Even after you've landed that offer, you'll still get ongoing feedback and mentorship from senior engineers from top companies in the industry and formation is not just about interview prep on average fellows who complete the program increase their first year total comp by $96,000 level up with formation and apply for free on their website at www.formation.dev whether or not you're accepted into the program you will get invaluable career advice from their assessment and a free interview prep guide which is a really helpful resource for technical interviews apply today at www.formation.dev link in the show notes CEO School, hosted by Sunira Madhani, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destinations for business professionals. Inspiring women to make their mark, CEO School gives you empowering stories and game-changing strategies from top-tier female leaders. CEO School is here to help close the gender gap in the business world because when women prosper, we all prosper. Dive into the latest episode where Sunira Madhani sits down with Maya Manel of Nav.it, an app that's changing how women manage money and mental wellness. Whatever episode you choose, CEO School is your roadmap to level up in leadership. Listen to CEO School wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new Techish. It's Abadesi, founder and CEO of Hustle Crew. We teach your team how to be more inclusive. And I'm with Michael Bain, CEO of Pocket. Let's go. So I just want to talk about like the glamorization of white criminals. Yeah. So I have a New York Times. People like me. (laughs) (laughs) I have a New York Times subscription. Okay. And over the weekend, I was like, let me see what's on the New York Times. And I saw a profile of Liz Oh my Liz God, I was Holmes. about to talk about this. The Liz rebrand, Holmes. baby. Yes, let's go. Interesting. <laughs> so someone is on a rebrand campaign, to quote your words. She's no longer Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos with her deep voice and yeah. her black Steve Jobs turtleneck. She's now Liz Holmes, mother of two in Brooklyn, just <laughs> looking for some positive attention and some compassion yes. from the American public. Now, I'm going to tell you that I felt very uncomfortable reading this article. But you read it though. Of course what, I read what it. What was the gist of it then? Because I wanted something to complain about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like every other good millennial, I wanted something to complain about. No, the gist of the article is that basically she's trying to show how, you know, the she doesn't feel she's guilty. It was her okay. husband that bullied her. She has this family to whatever look after it's so unfair that she's going to jail she's been completely misunderstood it's just like that american woman that was accused of murder in in italy we do this thing where we glamorize white criminals and i just wanted to point that out because i just feel like nobody's done that for let's say like the founders of black lives matter who have been facing accusations of like fraud and allegations of stuff like that no one's gone to them and said what's your side of the story yeah babe yeah. Like, I want to see what the truth really is. And I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, you know what? I think I've gone in on Elizabeth Holmes enough on the show, but I think her level of scrupulousness, it always just baffles me. Because, mm. And to be honest, like, it's a harsh thing to say, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if she did start having children just so that she can get more of a lenient prison sentence. Because it, it is quite an effective strategy. I think at the moment she's waiting for her sentencing. So she's been found guilty. Mm. So right now it's a PR campaign to basically, how do I reduce my sentence? And if I can frame myself as, you know, a mother... Yeah 
I've got two kids. How can yeah. you do this to me? Because even me, if I'm a judge, I'm going to yeah. be like, it's no longer just affecting you now. It's affecting these two children yeah. who no fault of their own are now going to lose their mama for 20 years, irrespective of the fact that you deserve it. So listen, I think- I sp- just feel like if she weren't a white woman, she wouldn't be in the New York she, Times yeah, she knows that. her like- Yeah, she knows that. What about autonomous vehicles? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Because, you know, if AI ethics is a field that's, being underfunded, and we know that that's happening. Elon Musk took over Twitter. One of the first departments he yeah. laid off was the ethics department. Really big risks in like the development of autonomous vehicles, for example, yeah. are in trouble. So Elon Musk also is the CEO yeah. of Tesla. Now, a study by Georgia State University, and this study must be from at least 2019. There's probably new data out. Found that autonomous vehicles could not recognize dark-skinned people right, on the road. Yeah. So if there was a pedestrian crossing in test scenarios, they would stop for white people, mm-hmm. not stop for black people. I ain't walking on the street where I'm getting run over. Yeah. You know what? The one thing about autonomous vehicles that doesn't worry me, no one's been bullshitting for like 20 years. It's, it's around the corner, guys. I remember you said, telling me that you didn't want to learn to drive because you were like autonomous vehicles. If you go back to the old techish archives, you were like, yeah. I'm not learning to drive. I'm, I'm waiting, waiting for my, my car's driving me. Yeah, yeah. It's not coming. He's been saying that for 10 Damn. years. Even 10 years ago, he's like, we're going to be a in the year 2020 bro like what's happening you know what i'm saying i'm tired go on this patriarchal society that we're living in ruins everything i like yeah 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 literally ruins everything i like so i was checking out layoffs.fyi the other day there's been over 200,000 layoffs recorded Damn. on that page in 2023 wow, alone brutal. i'm sure some techish listeners are listening to the show right hey, now hey yeah our thoughts are with you honestly by the way check out my layoffs to lemonade training <laughs> on hustlecrew.co yeah. forward slash academy to level up and bounce back and get back in the game but yeah one of the companies that i've really been excited about this year chief.com is also part of the layoffs crew right so chief.com if you don't know female founders i think it's actually now one of the companies that's like raised the most by female founders because they're at a unicorn valuation but chief.com is on a mission to advance the careers of women specifically getting more women into the c-suite into the boardroom completely changing the demographics of corporate leadership for greater equity equality and advancement so the way that it works is similar to the wing they have physical spaces, clubhouses, okay, where yeah. women can meet. But the real accelerating element is their mentorship and coaching program. Right. So a lot of people know that one of the hardest things to get is actually sponsorship. Like someone who is in a position to open doors for you. Like yeah. teach you how to get from VP to SVP, SVP to C-suite. Um, help you land deals. Yes. Help you win new contracts. So one of the things that you get access to when you pay for your Chief.com membership is all these incredible high-flying women who are also in the network, also in the game, purely with the purpose of how can we help each other elevate, rise, et cetera. And they have some incredible high-profile people. I'm talking like Jessica Alba of The Honest Company, like all kinds of people in that network. And I'm sad because I feel like when people set out with a mission that is focused around representation, inclusion, or anything, they face like additional levels of scrutiny whenever anything goes wrong. Now, don't get me wrong, right? You shouldn't bear the mission of equity and inclusion lightly, right? You should definitely not use it as some kind of virtue signaling thing where you just try to like get a bit of press, but really you don't care. But at the same time, it feels like because of mainstream media, who dominates it, who makes the decisions, who gets to pick the final picture, the final headline, every time women set out to do something to advance women the minute one tiny little thing goes wrong Mm -hmm. it's like shut it down 
kill it, crush it. This happened with the wing. Yes, the wing had problems with staff. Yes, it had problems in their community. There were issues of like microaggressions, racism, kerfuffles, this, that, and right, that. Yeah. But from there, it snowballed mm -hmm. to the point where the CEO stepped down. And then it snowballed to the point where the business shut down. And I will tell you, having tried so many different clubs, so many different co-working spaces, nothing beats the wing. Yeah. And now chief.com is also under threat. And I just, I'm just so worried. I actually have my chief.com interview soon, <laughs> but I'm just so worried that something's going to happen again. And another thing that's so good is going to end too soon. How right. do we stop this from happening? I don't know. I don't know. It's a very difficult question. I think the wing was interesting. So I remember there was a lawsuit that was filed against them by, yeah. I don't know, just some hated dude. He basically said that it was discriminatory that I couldn't apply to join as a man, basically. Do you know that that guy files a lawsuit against every female-focused business. Because when I was doing Alpha oh, Y Combinator, Y Combinator were like, by the way, like, in, our, in our pre-launch brief, they're like, just so you know, this man. <laughs> he's like known. He's like in the YC files. Like, How sad of a person do you have like, to he's be? He's known in the startup world. Like anytime you're about to launch anything female, like, by the way, risk factor, this guy's going to sue you. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. But obviously with the wing, it was multifactorial. There was that. Yeah. And I'm sure that takes up a lot of energy when you're a CEO that you've mm. got to deal with a lawsuit that's basically threatening the very concept of your business. Yeah? Yeah. Then part two, obviously, they were targeted at, it was a very expensive product. Yeah. So you're going to end up in a situation where it's primarily affluent women. And in the States, for example, or in New York, I think, obviously you ended up in a situation where it was black and brown staff. Mm -hmm. And then it was predominantly like white women using the product. And then they ended up being some sort of issue where people were being talked down to. And then black members were feeling like, you're not looking at me like I'm the help. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I don't work here. You know True. what I'm saying? So then not taking that kind of, not being mindful of the kind of intersectional approach basically meant that it kind of blew up to a certain extent. Yeah. So there's that. Basically, you've got to kind but of- But why do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? Yeah, no, don't get it twisted. I think, because A, running a business is hard, yeah. number one. Number two, I think people that end up joining these kind of community-led type businesses were not gentle with it. We mm. have high expectations. If you put yourself forward as mm. like, I'm representing the community and I'm advancing women or I'm advancing people of color, I'm advancing yeah. black people. All of a sudden, it's like you're held to a level of scrutiny even by the very same community that you're mm. trying to uplift you know, quite harshly. And then obviously there's the outside forces. Then obviously yeah. investors that also don't want to back you. And then obviously it's no longer 0% interest rates. So now anything that is not a tangible return or dead. profitable is almost dead in the water. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's very difficult. <sighs> there's challenges that a normal business faces and then they're compounded by what we described. But that, that that's funny. There's that one guy out there who basically files Dude, a lawsuit. That, that, like, that I'm telling me, you. I can't lie. Imagine also like but how I'm many sorry. gentlemen how many gentlemen clubs have existed for like a hundred years? Like what's wrong with you, bro? Like just Do you know live your so life interesting? in peace. I was like reading, you know, Ian Levan Sam, she's amazing. I'm obsessed with her. She's yeah, like yeah, a your spiritual hero. leader. <laughs> and in her book, Until Today, a book of daily prayers and meditations, one of them for yesterday, on the day we're recording anyway, was like, What would your obituary say? Because it's a really interesting way for you to judge if you're right. living the life you want to be remembered yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this bro's obituary is going to be like, anytime women try to do anything to make life better for themselves, he sued them. Yeah, it's real talk. Companies are under pressure right now. Pressure to get more leads, close deals faster, and get better insights to create the best experience for customers. A CRM can help, but not just any CRM. One that is easy to set up, intuitive to use, and customizable to the way you do business. That's where HubSpot comes in. HubSpot CRM is easy for everyone to use on day one and helps teams to be more productive. Drag and drop your way to attention-grabbing emails and landing pages. Set up marketing automations to give every contact white glove treatment. Plus, AI-powered tools like Content Assistant means less time spent on tedious manual tasks and more time for what matters, your customers. 
HubSpot CRM has all the tools you need to wow prospects, lock in deals, and improve customer service response times. Get started for free today at HubSpot.com. Speaking of Miss Van Zandt, actually, she was in the news, actually, going viral because she was interviewing or being interviewed by a person called Miss Ebony K. Williams. She's a lawyer and a host of an online TV show. Okay. And they were discussing expectations when you're dating, basically, and what kind of partner you want. And Ayana said to her, like, oh, would you date a bus driver? Because I would. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? And Ebony K. Williams was like, oh, well, if you owned the bus, maybe. And she was like, no, no, no that's the difference. Obviously, like, if he was a great man, if he was a great mm. father, if he was loved his mother and whatever, whatever, obviously I would have a prenup to protect myself, but mm. I would. Yeah, and this started this whole discussion about wow. classism mm. and dating. And it was a topic on the timeline for ages. Really? Then Ebony K. Williams kind of, I think, incorrectly doubled down. I think what she should have said is, listen, I want a man of means because I have means and I think it's fair yeah. that I have my life. Just live that life and say, if you want someone Financial who's rich. security. Yeah, that's fine. Just say that. Yeah. But then she was trying to make it into some sort of revolutionary thing where she was like, oh, you know, we've got to start having low expectations on the black community. We're disproportionately working class. We can build beyond that. It's like, don't do all that. Just basically come out and say, this is what I want in a partner. <laughs> yeah. And just like, that's fine. Like, you ain't got to give the Martin Luther King. Yeah, you ain't got to be a macro trend and analysis. Like, because you know what it is? Because she probably, you probably preferences yeah because you probably feel shallow yeah. having those preferences <laughs> so you want to start justifying it and start talking about socioeconomic this and the macro picture this and it's like nah man just stand on what you want to stand on you know we haven't created the systems of oppression that we live in we didn't create capitalism and you right. might have grown up in a working class household and think when i start a family i really want to elevate my children i want them to get to yeah. the middle class and you might think it'll be easier for me to do that if i marry up like people yeah. have been doing like time i'm not going to judge you it's your one life if you're Absolutely, not hurting yeah. someone along the way, I don't see yeah. what the problem is. And I think, well, two things I think that tie into AI. One is... Are you going to marry AI now? You can marry an AI. Marry up. Go, yeah. Because <laughs> when the robots take over, I'll already have robot babies. I'll be like, oh, I married AI. <laughs> but, but what I was going to say is the jobs that you think are yeah. going to be those secure, mm. well-paying jobs. Yeah. It's not necessarily what you think. If no. you think, I'm going to marry a lawyer. Yeah. Bruh, in 20 years, the plumber's probably going to be making more than the lawyer. Definitely. Because right now, I probably can upload a file to ChatGPT and it's going to give me more insight, you mm. know what I mean, than the actual lawyer will. So I think we're going to have to have this shifting phase where basically we realise that actually a lot of these white-collar work jobs are probably mm. not going to be as lucrative as they once were. Yeah. And how do we make that transition to basically being like, well, you know what, the plumber and the architect, mm. not the architect, the electrician. Yeah. Because I've been renovating a crib and trust yeah. me, these guys are getting money. Yeah. <laughs> No, these guys are getting money. It's crazy. Wow. And in London, they're booked up. You can't get a builder wow, for nothing. No they're in demand. And it's like, well, I know about 25 guys who are video editors. No <laughs> <laughs> and they're like emailing me for work. And I'm yeah. trying to find a builder and they won't even turn up to like come to my house. Back like, to the old school. The old school is the future. Damn. You know what I'm saying? So I think we have to be mindful actually that when you're looking down upon certain professions, yeah. in the future, that profession is going to be what you think it is, honestly. Okay. a question look at the state of humanity now like okay. the state of civilization in the most economically developed countries okay yeah. for the purpose of this thought exercise consider the rise of ai yeah generative ai its current applications etc think of like the kinds of jobs it will probably replace yeah by ceos yeah, who yeah, yeah. are ruthless me what <laughs> <laughs> what jobs will people who are in school now want to do when they graduate to be rich to be rich. Mm. So if you're starting school, that's a very good question. Because I think it's going to be jobs. Gone. That solve the human problems computers can't solve. Right. Okay. So for example, I think like being a matchmaker is going to potentially mm. be like a millionaire plus job. Right. Okay. Yeah. Potentially. Because I think people are getting pickier and dating apps help you find dates, but they don't help you find partners. So I think it's going to be things like that. Like I, I genuinely think one of the things that AI will cause is great loneliness. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're almost we're there anyway, but I hear it. But yeah, I just yeah. see like everything's too worse. easy, everything's too advanced, everything's too automated. We're all in our little bubbles, like everything on demand, capitalism, capitalism, capitalism. So yeah, that's my hypothesis. What's yours? You know what? It's interesting because I think they've done studies where they, they can predict what roles are most likely to be automated and the roles that are least Software likely. Engineer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bye-bye. The roles that are least likely are a lot of those high touch, human touch services like nurses and whatever but doesn't necessarily mean they're the most well-paying so what is the intersection of that can't be automated that is also well-paying i don't know if i knew that then i'll I'll be i have an ebook out right now (laughs) that'd be 10.99 yeah you know what i'm saying and it's funny actually do you watch the indian matchmaker no so there's a woman who basically based in india and she gets paid like 20 30 40k to match make people and obviously in indian culture for getting match made for marriage is a big big yeah. deal right maybe that might start coming here where you've got wealthy individuals here that are like find me a partner i don't want to go on tinder mm. and the ai is not getting me what i want go give me that high touch service and i'll yeah. pay it out of pocket yeah um but yeah I, actually i don't know if i had a child right now yeah. that was 11 years old i don't know what i would tell them to study interesting here's the other thing i have no one steal this idea <laughs> <laughs> the few thousand of you listening to this right now do not steal this idea in the future people are going to live for longer right yeah because healthcare is going to advance and all this kind of stuff but it gets to a certain point where you cannot fight biology right yeah. like at the end of the day like our cells need to regenerate mm-hmm. from strands of dna right and the quality of the dna depreciates yeah there's a limitation right? yeah over the arc of time yeah we'll never be able to undo that the minute we start undoing that we're not human anymore mm-hmm. we're like cyborgs so i have a theory that in the future, people will want to curate their deaths. Hear me mm. out. Hear me out. Okay. Instead of just waiting to find out like, oh, am I going to get cancer, Alzheimer's, like hit by a bus? If you're really rich, and this is the business I want to do, right? I want to curate the deaths of billionaires. Mm. If you're really rich, you know, you get to 80, 85, and you're just like, hey, yeah, but I see, listen, I'm thinking 90, I'm going to tap out. I want to recreate that scene with Jack Nicholson in that movie. <laughs> With him and Leonardo DiCaprio. Which one is that? The Departed? The Departed. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surrounded by hot prostitutes. Mountain of cocaine. What scene is that? And then, like, when he, like, puts the hooker's face in the, in the plane. I don't cocaine. remember that scene. No, I don't anyway, remember that scene. And they're just like, and then tap me out then. Boom. Okay, all right. And I reckon there's something in this. Tell me there's something uh, in I'm this. I'm not invested. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Death curation. The ultimate final living moment experience. Listen, or, I like your idea, but you know what? Like, just come back to us in six months when you've got metrics in it. <laughs> just email my assistant so and we'll I, be in touch. Okay, I'm and here are a few other VC firms that might be able to invest. Now, What's you know my what? MVP? But the thing is, the real rich don't want to die. The real rich, mm, the real billionaires right now are working on life extension. Yeah. I think the market for that would be somebody who's really rich and they basically just found out they got a terminal diagnosis mm. and they're like, okay, let me set this up. I want to no. shut into space or I want to, yes! you know what I'm saying? Now plant me in the tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's a very small market because I think the real mega rich are like, yo, I'm not going nowhere. And really? they're working on life extension and I think the Google founders have, you know, like they had like a division of Google. I think Google X, I can't oh, remember, yes! that was dedicated to life extension. That guy, Ray Kurzweil. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know what came of it. I don't, I, don't, I, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I don't know what came of it. But anyways, listen, I'll come back to your idea. And we'll no, think but like, wait, about, okay. I'll think about investing in the One future. One last just thing I just want to say, Come back in six right? months when you've got some traction. Because we're at that point with like technology and stuff. I, I recently saw ABBA Voyage. You know what this no, is, right? So it's like ABBA the band. Ah, the yes. Okay, band. I went to my mom there actually. It's a vibe. Is it, you went to it, yeah, but you went. Yeah. Wasn't that weird though? Impact. And you just saw some three D. You saw some three D models. It looked so real. So explain what it is to the audience. Sorry. Okay. So some people may remember twenty twelve Coachella. Tupac came out on stage. Yep. I was there, but it wasn't real Tupac. Yeah. It was a hologram. Yeah. So fast forward to twenty twenty three. 
technology has now improved to the point where ABBA, the Swedish band, have used technology to create a concert. They are in their peak, in their prime in this concert, right. but it's a digital image, right? So they're performing all the classics and all their amazing regalia and costumes and all these cool things, but they're not real. So you walk into this concert hall, you watch this band, but it's not a real band. What it's digital images, it's cow. digital music. Now there are times where live musicians come out which is really, really cool. But for most of it, you're literally just watching a show. Literally, like you can be at home and Does it's it look TV, real? But it, feel, it looks so real. And the reason I'm saying that is because I'm saying in my business of the future, my future unicorn, the curated death for billionaires, you can be like, okay, yeah, cool. I've got a terminal condition. I want to go out with a bang. I want like a live performance from Elvis. I want Marilyn Monroe singing me happy birthday, jumping out of a cake. All of these things are now possible thanks to technology. And come on down to my parlor and I'll make it happen for you. <laughs> but you know what? The ABBA thing, though, I want to move on from my idea because it's a bad idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the, the ABBA thing is such a cash cow for them because you think about it now, it's just like they're able to monetize their IP without actually having to do a single thing. Exactly. They set up the technology and then it's scalable forever, ever. Software. They could be on the beach right now, 75 years old, yeah. whereas their 25-year-old version is out there performing and getting them a royalty every time they perform. It's Genius. such a vibe. But can I just say, like, I recently watched this tweet Dan Runcie, Trapital, was talking about... Yeah, he's very smart. For for a Trapital. I need to find the actual name of the professor so we can drop it into the podcast. But he was saying how there's lots of different levels of brands. And the best, highest level of a brand is like a brand that feels like an ideology. So I'll just take you through the steps and I'm not really doing it justice. But the first step is trust. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. wow, I trust this brand. Like, let's say, shoes, they protect my feet. I feel great. Then there's like the leadership element. It's like, oh, and it's run by Phil Knight, shoe mm-hmm. dog. Yeah, He's yeah, such yeah. a legend. I really love him. Then there's like the ideology. It's like everything this brand does aligns with my values and who I am. They're sustainable. They're ethical. They're international. They're trendy. Right. I want to put their sticker on my laptop. I'm going to put a poster of them in my house so people know I'm really aligned with them. And I just think it's pretty incredible that ABBA, just as a brand, as a music brand, has reached the point where they can create an arena people Mm -hmm. will travel to it and it's not even really them but their songs are so powerful and so moving it's called like following basically how many musicians could really do that i think there's a few it's a handful yeah do you know what i'm saying it's a handful of bgs michael jackson elvis yeah definitely how would you go to that then i think these are the abra the pioneers and if it works they're gonna see basically right i'm sure the michael jackson estate or the whitney houston estate is probably working thinking about it and keeping a close eye it's actually funny you mentioned about kind of to me, I call those like cult-like followings, basically. Mm. And when I was on a Zoom call with a bunch of other media entrepreneurs during the pandemic, I think I told you about this. Yeah. I managed to go into this call and there was a whole bunch of high flyers there, people doing billions of rev- dollars of revenue. And one guy was like, listen, look to the church. That's the business mm. model. Especially if you go to like, I'm sure a lot of these Protestant evangelical churches. It's, it's, it's messed up. <laughs> I was taking notes furiously. Like, listen, you go to the church, they sell you products. There's a community gathering. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get together. I can't remember what the other things he was basically saying, but essentially he's like, the business model of the church is one that you probably should try to replicate if you've got some sort of like business or media mm. brand, basically, right? And getting that kind of cult like devotion is basically where the mega brands of the future are going to come from. You know what I mean? Look to the church, man. <laughs> talk a little bit about luxury goods for a second go on luxury is a part of the fashion world that's actually like blowing up 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in incredible amount. And I think we've spoken on the podcast before about how luxury introducing streetwear was actually like a really smart play because mm-hmm. instead of expecting people to come to them, they went down to the people and they're like, look, athleisure is not going anywhere. Yep. Let's go for it. But, you know, people like Kimberly Foster of like For Harriet and stuff have kind of right. spoken in the past about the problematic nature of luxury brands because effectively it's like a status symbol to have a Chanel handbag or an Hermes handbag or whatever. But it's also like thousands, if not tens of thousands, that kind of just goes into a mostly white male owned company and mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily bring anything back into the community. So anyway, I just find I find the concept of luxury really interesting. Now there are only a few occasions where I've been a luxury consumer. Okay. And I'm starting to believe that luxury is a bit of a scam. So the now, most yeah. expensive pair of shoes I ever bought after I sold my crypto, as yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah, I think you mentioned this before to me. I only wore a couple of times. Only wore a couple of times. Most expensive pair of shoes I've ever bought in my life. Do you want to know how much they were? No, go on. Shock me. <laughs> 540 pounds. That's not even that bad compared to what I'm hearing out here in these streets. For sandals. Okay, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> for flip-flops, yeah? Is that what 500 pounds for flip-flops? So I wore them twice. And I went to wear them the other day. You only wear them twice though because it's like, you don't want to damage them. I went to open them the other day. They're broken. Oh, wow. Like literally the strap that connects to the sole mm-hmm. snapped. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm getting like a refund because apparently the shoes aren't in stock anymore. And like, la da da da. Customer service has been excellent. But I was just like, for a pair of sandals, mm. for which I paid 540 bucks, that, that's more than the rent I paid for most of my 20s, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, that's real. You break after two wears and like somehow in the box, like I wasn't even like raving in these things. I literally just walked around and I was just like, wow, that's actually mad. And, you know, the last few times I've been to places like Chanel or anything like this, back in the day, the the craftsmanship and the handiwork, it would be like real soft calfskin leather. It would be right. real solid gold chains. Mm, yeah. Now the price of the bag has gone up exponentially, but it's like gold plated stainless steel. There we go. What's going on? Because the value is not in the materials. The value is in the cachet and status that you have owning the product. Exactly. It's not in the materials. I mean, like when I was, I sound like a boring person. I'm talking about my house renovation. <laughs> when I was looking at a new <laughs> bed, I could see the beds that were like two, three Gs were the ones that were like solid oak and mm. it was whatever. But that's, it's still a private matter. That's your bed in your house. But those items that are bags that you're going to wear outside, those are more sick. I think they're just, I know people would say to you, no, it's for me. I want to feel good. And right? they're investment pieces. Some of them do appreciate. But why are they investment pieces? Because they keep going up in price exponentially. And, and why, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's, yeah, it's a status symbol. And they're great investments, I think. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it's, it's not for me. Yeah. So what's your relationship with luxury now? Are you chilling? Are you getting involved? Are you investing? So I, I think the only area that I'm now interested in is watches. Okay, I hear you on that one. Because I, on. it's just been really interesting. And this is stuff that I've been reading in like Financial Times and The Economist and stuff like that. Especially now with inflationary pressure mm-hmm. and the value of cash right. just dropping, mm-hmm. right? As inflation rises. It's really interesting to see things that are happening with things like Rolexes. Right, yeah. Right, like, and the value that they retain mm-hmm. over time. So I think the only part of the world that I'm now, luxury world that I'm now interested in investing in, and this will still not even be to wear. Like if I did buy a Rolex, it would not be to wear. It would be so that 20 years from now, I could sell it for my kid's college fund. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as as far as clothes, I mean, people say my dripper is fine and most of it is secondhand or high street. So I'm chill. <laughs> The funny thing about Rolex, I heard actually that the kind of the limited supply of Rolexes is actually fake. 
and they <gasps> produce it, quite a lot of them every Shut year. Shut up! Are they doing when some you, like Saudi Arabia OPEC oil? Basically, yeah. So you go into the shop <laughs> sometimes, and I think they will have like, oh, this is sold out. You can't see nothing on the display. But apparently, they've got loads in the back. And then they'll come to you and say, oh, we've got you know, we'll put your name on the list, and we'll, we'll be in touch. Like when we've got stock, complete liar. Oh my! They've got plenty of stock. Tell me if no, this I swear is to you. And I've heard. I don't know how true this is. This could be complete BS. But I've heard that when they like, oh, we want to take your name down, we'll be in touch. Apparently now they're looking at your social media and thinking, do you want to sell to you? Because who owns these products is also a part of the cachet. If you're someone who they think is tacky or whatever, whatever, they don't want that Rolex on your wrist. I don't know. This is complete fake news. I have not done my due diligence. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? It's just rumors. Yo, everyone, that brings us to the end of this week's Techish. We will catch you next week at us at Techish Pod. Find us on hashtag Techish also on social media and please leave a review on Apple and Spotify. Peace. Catch you next week. See you soon.